Welcome to Dynasty Saturday Night Five, Dynasty Fantasy Football Show on the Going for Two Live Network. Uh, please subscribe, rate, and review if you're listening to the Going for Two audio podcast feed. If you're watching us here on YouTube or any other uh, visual app, do all the things that help the algorithms on the things that you're watching us on. If you're here on YouTube, stop right now. Below me, thumb, subscribe, bell. Boom. Right now. Good. You did it. You get a cookie. Good person. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. And really, just from a more serious and, and sentimental uh, side, um, you know, we've talked about it a couple of times, but life has been very lifey for the both of us um, f- from all sorts of areas of, 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 our, of our personal lives. And, and uh, you know, we have not been consistently here uh, week to week because you know, uh, real life comes first. And, uh, you know, I'm very glad to be back on the mic talking dynasty fantasy football, uh, as much as those things are more important, I do miss this and it is good to get a chance uh, to do it and to do it with you, my co-host, Josh Walker, how you doing? I'm doing great. You know, it has been great kind of taking a week or two off from being in 20 something fantasy football leagues, but at the same time, it's like you said, it's nice to get back away from life for an hour or two during the day just to talk about other things. So I'm happy to be back. Hopefully it will be more consistent. Right on. You know, a couple minutes before uh, you popped on, there was a penalty on number 69. And, like, I'm just one time I want a ref to go, like, holding offense, number 69, (laughs) nice. And then, like, just, like, (laughs) as if nothing happened, just, like, proceed with it anyway. So uh, we are the Dynasty Saturday Night Five. We use lists of five to talk about Dynasty fantasy football. Uh, And tonight we're going to talk a little bit about certain players that I don't want to be dramatic and say they're at a crossroads or anything like that. But I think they're at, like, a critical juncture where we have to decide, well, do we believe the case for them or the case against them? And then, like, what do we do with that? Uh, it's called dynasty parentheses in decision because honestly, this is a this is a time of year that uh, I, I will admit I'm very indecisive, right? Like I'm still part of doing my rookie process, so I don't have like my pre-draft ranks like you know finalized or whatever, right? Uh, free agency hasn't happened, all the coaching and, and uh, coordinator changes haven't been finished, right? So there's a whole lot of uncertainty for so many players, uh, and I guess there's moments in this time period where say between, I don't know, um, you know, uh, this uh, now and say the senior bowl or the combine or free agency where you can maybe hop on some some values and, and you know, if you guess right and speculate right, you know, do well. Uh, for me personally, it's a time where not only am I a little more indecisive about all this stuff, but I'm kind of taking that breather, you know, from fantasy football. So my transactions uh, uh, t- tend to be slower, but I, I think – it's worth just, you know, thinking about like, okay, here's some players that, you know, I think the theme here is that a lot of them have, have kind of fallen and were disappointments. And so then like, what do we, what do we do with them? So um, how, um, how are, how are you during this time of year and, and how did you approach sort of picking these players that we're talking about tonight? Yeah. So at least one of the players is just I genuinely don't know what to do with. So I'm kind of put him in uh, this episode to kind of bounce it off you. So maybe you can help me decide. The other ones, it's just guys who, before we even know anything, you can either sell or buy low on now before news starts to hit, before players start to move to other teams, before coordinators come in, especially guys you really believe in. So that was part of it. And around this time, honestly, because I like baseball so much, I'm about to join a D.C. area fantasy baseball league. So I am kind of taking a step back from Dynasty. Someone sent me a trade the other day. I looked at it, and it took me like three days to get back to them. So I'm like, I just need, you know, I just need a second. So it's definitely a time to chill, get my thoughts together, and really almost game plan and attack for when I do pick it back up around when we really start hitting the rookies, what I need to do so I can do it in less time than usual. Yeah, I think it's a great time to do like audits and autopsies mm-hmm. and inventory and, you know, come up with each league, kind of like what your approach is going to be. 
So yeah. like when it comes to specific moves, I, I'm not making, I'm not making too many, uh, but uh, yeah. Um, all right. Well, uh, today's show is brought to you by underdog fantasy underdog has it all player pickums, DFS uh, uh, playoff, best ball DFS, other major sports uh, besides football. I've heard there are some major sports besides football. I think Josh can confirm at least one of them is, is, is baseball. Um, yeah. And so if you're a new customer uh, for, uh, for underdog uh, and you go to the app or you go to <clears throat> underdog.com, you can uh, deposit up. Well, you deposit however much money you want and underdog will match up to a hundred dollars of that deposit uh when you use the promo code gf2 right so uh if you're a new account make your first deposit underdog will match up to a hundred dollars of that deposit if you use the promo code gf2 if you're looking here on the screen on your video situation we have a nice shiny qr code uh for you to scan and you can go to uh uh, the app or to underdog.com do your thing deposit some money start playing maybe start winning i know that uh for me personally i'm you know i'm not gonna be in those best ball streets in march but like i'll probably be in them by may so uh <laughs> gonna be gonna be dangerous for me uh with the with the with the, all those best ball drafts but we'll see how it works <laughs> All right, so time for Dynasty Indecision. Uh, and do you want to kick us off? And uh, who do you want to kick us off with? Yeah, I'm going to start out. Um, I'm going to start out with one of my sales because I have a few more sales than I do buy. So I'm going to start off with uh, Christian Watson. As someone, even coming out, I've been slightly lower than consensus on him. Um, a lot of that is because I'm starting to get the vibe now that he's similar to a player like Chase Claypool. You know, he has like, all the tools, yes, size, speed, athleticism, but he just never really has consistent year-long results. And I put emphasis on year-long because we've seen flashes of Christian Watson being really good. But at the same time, through two years, we haven't seen it, whether it's from injuries or just not being able to get open. And right now, I have him ranked as the third wide receiver on his team. I have Romeo Dobbs ahead of him and uh, Jaden Reed even higher. And there's also a possibility with Dontavian Wicks coming through to where – that's just going to kind of be an un, like an unsavory situation where there's so many people to throw it to. It's going to be hard for one person to dominate the touches. And if anyone did, I think it would be Jaden Reed just because you can get him the ball anywhere on the field. Mm. Um, he's had consistent hamstring injuries, which I'm really starting to look at different injuries in a different light, and hamstring is one of them. They linger, and guys who have been plagued with that their career, it's really been a hurdle for them to get over. Jerry Judy's kind of that way too. And honestly, at this point, I'm okay with being wrong. Like if he does bust out, if I sell him for a 24 second plus or a veteran receiver like Mike Evans or Devontae Adams, if I can get that out of him, even if he does a lot better than where I have him ranked, I'm fine with that. Uh, I can live with it. Yeah, I, I dig it. Like for, for I think he, he's a perfect fit for this show because it's like, okay. We had, we had that rookie year, right? And we saw that there are definitely flashes. There's reasons to lean into the upside and the ceiling. Uh, Ryan Heath, by the way, on on uh, uh, Fantasy Points, uh, did two really, really good articles that that included the the bull case for for Christian Watson from a data perspective. And and I was, I was on board, you know? Uh, mm -hmm. This year, we've had another sort of set of data. And besides the injuries, it has been... Uh, while on the positive side, the emergence of Jordan Love as a sort of a viable uh, NFL and fantasy quarterback, but also that, as you said, we have a lot of people who can catch balls, right? Uh, we have two good tight ends. We've got a rookie contract uh, wide receivers as well. Uh, we've, I mean, Bo Melton is like their like wide receiver six, right? Like, I mean, even yeah. like Malik Heath and Grant Debose is like their wide receiver seven and eight is like. <laughs> Like, there was a good practice squad guys not terrible have. yeah like you know like it, it and and so i think when you when you add all that up that it it kind of says okay well moving forward he's probably going to be like a high ceiling volatile week-to-week -week guy that is sort of borderline better in best ball prototype right like is is that going to be what what he is like i think he can be more i think the talent is mm -hmm. there but just the situation kind of screams week to week it's going to be unreliable 
Yeah, and I, I meant to add in there. I have him ranked as the wide receiver 40. He's just outside that massive tier. And I'm below uh, market on him because KTC has him at wide receiver 30 and Fantasy Calc has him at wide receiver 32. So I'm a little bit lo- below consensus on, on him by 8 to 10 spots. I'm at 34, so I'm a little higher than you, but in that tier of 33 to 40 mm-hmm. for me. So he's there with, I think, similar uh, uh, young-ish for the most part. Yes, guys with upside, but um, but with sort of like uncertainty, right? Like, uh, yeah, Josh Downs, what's the role going to be? You know, for down, I love Downs, but like, what's his role going to be? Um, and uh, and he hasn't, you know, uh, like the flashes in the in the early beginning of the year didn't really stay consistent uh, through through the, throughout the year. Uh, you've got George Pickens, which is kind of a boom bust guy. You're going to talk about him later. A guy that I'm going to talk about later, Jahan Dotson, Hollywood Brown. Like, what's going to, what team is he going to be on? Uh, Chris Godwin is Evans going to stay? Like, Ridley's a free agent, and Amari Cooper. Like, is Deshaun Watson coming back? Is that a good thing for him? And he's, you know, what, 28, 29 now. So, 29. So yeah. that that kind of tier for me is like, is like wide receiver twos that are kind of bordering on wide receiver threes that like have a lot of question marks. So, so yeah, yeah, I I, I think. Let me put it to you this way. If you were looking to acquire Watson uh, at a good price to, you know, reap the rewards if if the bull case plays out, let's say, um, what would uh, what, what would you pay for him? Um, like I said, if I had him, I'd want a 24 second plus. But I honestly, I'd give – if I thought – if I liked his upside, I'd just give a second and hopefully that'd buy it. Hopefully, like 25 seconds, you can keep the 24s, but probably a second-round pick. I'd, I'd give that for him just to take a shot. There are definitely places I think that'll work. I think because he was going for, like, you know, uh, earlier in the season, like a late first and stuff, you know. So Yeah. All right. So, so you know what? I'm going to talk about a guy who um, got traded for him straight up a few days ago, according to Fantasy Calc, and that's Jackson Smith and the Jigba, right? So – uh, you know, everybody's wide receiver one for the most part in the 2023 class. Um, you know, uh, he, he he ends up on on Seattle and it's like, eh, all right. But, you know, I love the talent. So, like, you know, he's, he kind of like maintained his ranking for, for me and I'm still uh, above uh, consensus on him. I think he showed very good flashes as the year went on, which is the, what you want to see. You want to see rookies make make progress. So, you know, what's the narrative for him? Well, he was a rookie. He got hurt in the preseason, which de- which delays the timeline, right? He's running as the third wide receiver. He's running as the third wide receiver on a team that isn't balls to the wall, like you know, uh, uh, you know, pedal to the metal all the time. Uh, if they'll if they can run and win, they will. They're not like one yeah. of those super aggressive teams that just tries to you know pile up points because no lead is safe and and all that jazz, right? And you know, with a coach, and I know this is narrative, but this stuff like matters sometimes. It colors the edges and stuff. Uh, you know, we have a guy like Carroll who, you know, is not always great with rookies. He's he's good at managing veteran personalities. And I don't think was going to let, you know, Lockett really like lose that role unless there was some really glaring reason for, for him to do so. And so now we we go to, uh, you know, the case against him, right? Production wasn't there, especially relative to. Uh, you know, rookie sensations that came out of nowhere that were drafted well after him. Like, well, not the, nowhere, but like some of them nowhere. Like Rasheed Rice, Tank Dell, Pukunakua, right? All these guys drafted well after him who who out- outperformed him. Um, we don't know if Lockett's going to leave, so he could still be running among the, you know, the three wide receivers there. There's uncertainty as far as who the coach and OC is going to be. With Carroll staying on as an advisor, I don't know that the – sort of team culture is going to change all that much. I don't know if Shane Waldron's still going to be the OC if, if they give Dan Quinn uh, the, the head coaching job, right? And so is there an opportunity for a discount here? I think so. I Like, I'm still very much in on JSN from a talent perspective um, and, from, and that we've seen sort of uh, 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 what do they call it? Oh, geez. Um, Proof of concept, right? That he can play in the NFL and and do well and, and and beat NFL defenses and score touchdowns and and work in that offense. Um, just didn't see it a lot, right? Uh, so I have him still ranked at wide receiver twelve. Uh, he's in a tier of ten to nineteen. 
uh, for me. Uh, recent trades, a JSN and a first for DeMonta Smith and a second and a third. I'll take the JSN side. JSN straight yep. up for Watson. I'll take the JSN <laughs> side. Um, here's a couple was that of Zach, Was that Zach Pulaski that <laughs> love you uh, i want i want your opinion on on these two jsn addison and a second for jamar chase jsn javante and a first for jamar chase say it one more time jsn let's do the first one jsn addison and a second for chase mm-hmm. uh, that's that's pretty tough I think I might take two two of the receivers in the pick. I might too. I might. I like it's ah, Chase is so good because Addison. I was worried about Addison's touchdowns. Uh, his rookie year coming in, and he looked pretty good. You know, there were some inconsistencies, but that's to be expected. So, um, you know, again, I think it's one of those. So there's different like philosophies, right? So one person will say, "Oh, if that's a start eleven or a start 12, it matters more to get that second you know, receiver. And then there are other folks that say you never tear down off that elite guy, you know, unless the plus is really good and that sort of thing. The second one, I think I'm, I'm more on the chase side and that's JSN Javante Williams and a first for chase. Like, yeah, I'm... I get that the first is juicy. I just, uh, I think I'd rather have chase. It'd have to be like a top three first to do it for me. Um, so the cap that Seattle has is negative four million and negative nine million. Uh, negative four million is like the their cap amount, and then there's something called like the effective cap. So I don't know whatever. So I put both figures in there, but let's be conservative and assume it's they're already negative nine. I don't know that Lockett stays right. Lockett yeah. has an out in his contract, and so I'm gonna like listen. Teams don't just get rid of viable wide receivers when they can. I don't know play around with the contracts of other guys and cut offensive linemen or some shit like that, you know, like, so it's not guaranteed, but I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to lean into the talent, the draft capital, the fact that Lockett's probably moving on. And if not, he's aging anyway. And just, and say, you know, give me JSN at the discount. Yeah, I agree. If, if Lockett stays next year, I, I don't know how much I'll move him down, but it will be, it will kind of sour it for me a little bit because I feel like especially Pete Carroll being there as an advisor, he and this is pure speculation, but he seems like the old school guy who's not just gonna like put Tyler Lockett third on the depth chart behind JSN after all he's done in his career. You know what I mean? So yeah. if he doesn't move on, I don't know. But I think he will, and I think when he does, I think JSN's gonna be really good. Because yeah. I also have him ranked twelfth. So Yeah, KTC, by the way, is at twenty one and fantasy calc is at nineteen, so that's I, that's low for me. Like I get that I was way too slow to put Puka ahead of JSN. I'll own that. But like, come on, guys. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. That's a little bad. Who's your next person? All right. So I'm gonna go with one of my favorite buys. Um, that's Marvin Mims. Uh, I have him ranked well ahead of consensus. I have him ranked as wide receiver 37. He's at he's right there near where I have George Pickens and Christian Watson. Uh, KTC has him wide receiver 50 and fantasy count has him all the way down at wide receiver 61. And this is just me trusting what I saw on tape in my process during the rookie, uh, during last year's rookie season, he has four, three speed. He can go up and catch the ball. He can track it really well. So I, I don't like the way he was used and I'm not a coach. So it's, it feels weird for me to critique something like this, but his yards per target were 11 yards. And I think that's just way too high for someone who can catch the ball at like right at the goal line and get 10, 15 yards every play because he has really good yards after catchability. And then you also got to factor in Jared Judy, at least in this offense, is not going to be what many of us had hoped. And I think there's a good chance he's not with, with the Broncos next year. So if that happens, that's just an easier way for Mims to get some playing time. And this is one of the ones where I think now's a good time to go ahead and go buy him before things start to happen because you can get him really cheap at this point especially if you're higher on them than I am. Yeah, I, you know, I, you know that I love the player, Marvin Mims. I think I have him slightly lower than you. I've got him at 43 um, and like a ne- next tier down. I just, because he, like, what was it, like week one or week two? It was like, oh, there you go. That's how you got to use Marvin Mims. And then Sean Payton didn't do it for like the rest of the season. 
the quarterback, um, I was listening to uh, the Debbie Royale did a good show breaking down like the actual like NFL teams and what they their paths to what they could do at quarterback and likely landing spots. And, and they made a pretty good case. I forget the details <clears throat> that that quarterback is still going to be Sean, uh, Jarrett Stidham. So if the coach is still Sean Payton and the quarterback is Jared Stidham, I mean, I'm in on Mims at the price because the price seems to be like, I don't know what, two thirds, right? Uh, but um, but I'm I'm scared. I'm scared. Yeah. I, I want them to use – I'm not saying he's as good as Jaden Reed, but I think he has skim, similar skill sets to where they should be tr- like manufacturing ways to get him the ball in space, and they're just not doing that. And that just feels like stubbornness from Sean Payton to me. I think people still think that Mims is like a deep ball only. Yeah. You know, and he's, he's not. And uh, yeah. I think, you know, um, Sean Payton's, you know, he's a little, he's a little tyrant. He's a little emperor, you know, and I just, I fear that, you know, oh, I can trust, uh, I don't know, Traquan Smith and Marcus Calloway. So I'm going to. Tim I Patrick mean, coming back. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, KJ Hamler, like, what, although he went to Indianapolis. Yeah. Callaway got signed to a futures deal in Pittsburgh, but still, like that, like I just kind of expect that bullshit from him. So, yeah, yeah, but uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, you know me, I, I love I love the player, right? All right, so I'm gonna uh, do another wide receiver, <clears throat> uh, just because three out of my five are wide receivers, so I might as well do another one. Uh, Jahan Dotson, um, I like Dotson. He really grew on me uh, coming out of. College, I mean, he was definitely not in that big tier of four that I had, uh, but he was kind of right after that with guys like, I don't know, uh, for me, uh, you know, uh, Pickens and, and a couple other guys. Like, he was right after that. He got first-round draft capital. It was a slight surprise for me, I think. Uh, very good skill set, flashed well in the rookie year. Yes, there was some touchdown cologne, but there was, like, reason to believe that even if the touchdowns went down a bit, the volume was going to increase. We've got a new offensive coordinator, Eric Bieniemy. You know, things are going great. And then this year, you know, and the weird thing about this year is that it was a combination of the way that Biennemi used him and rotated through the receivers and the number of routes they ran. But also, I think towards the end of the year, there was some evidence that um, he was kind of he was kind of half assing it. He was kind of mailing it in. I think he was a little upset at his usage and the direction of the team and them losing. And I think he kind of was not putting in max effort. So, you know, he's now for me at wide receiver 37 in a tier of 33 to 45, as I mentioned before, KTC 42 fantasy Cal 47. Right. So this guy is like, is really slid. Um, And I think, you know, definitely, uh, uh, um, uh, uh, opportunity for for uh, a discount, right? Um, is the lack of effort for him an argument for him in the sense that, like, oh, it's not talent, right? And it was just the, you know, it's just him, you know, it's just between his ears and the fact that he was used poorly, or is it an argument against him because if it's between his ears and he's going to be a volatile guy or a diva or you know whatever, then like that's not going to be good for for fantasy production, right? So there's that push and pull. Can we assume? that uh, Drake Mayer, Jaden Daniels is probably going to be the quarterback there. I think so. That's a good thing, but they are rookies. Um, you know, is the enemy still going to be kept as the offensive coordinator by whoever the new coach is? Not likely, right? But, you know, who knows, right? They hire a defensive coach, and he's like, all right, Biennemi, you know, you're in the Chiefs offense. Go ahead, you know, you can stay here. Because uh, they didn't fire Biennemi, right? So, yeah. um, you know, is that a, it's, that could be a bad thing if he continues to get used poorly, right? So, I mean, there's opportunities. He's gone straight up for a third, straight up for a second. I'll throw a second, a random second, most yeah. random seconds at um, at Jahan Dotson, right? Uh, and then I like this one. This is interesting, right? It's because it's also a commentary on, I think, Jordan Love and Tua, right? It's a Tua and Dotson for Jordan Love and Trey Palmer. I mean, I'll take the two and Dotson. Yeah, like I'm. There's like that's an easy one for me, and I actually like Love more than I used to, and I like Trey I like, Palmer. Yeah, I was about so, to say I love Palmer. You know, um, so the the team, you know, as I said, with the coach, the OC, 
you know, um, they're probably not going to be drafting a wide receiver, at least with any high draft capital. Um, you know, maybe a free agent, but the free agent class isn't great. They might lose Curtis Samuel because uh, uh, he can leave. Um, their cap, though, they have a lot of money to spend, right? So if there is a free agent that they do want to grab, I'm hoping that that money and those draft picks are more towards offensive line and defense and don't really mess with, with Dotson much. And so thinking about like what the team needs are and that on the other side of this, he's probably still going to be the wide receiver too on Washington with a very likely better quarterback than Sam Howell. Like, I don't know. I think I'm, I'm, I'm still in on giving this a try and I'm certainly in if that's the price. Yeah, I agree with you. I I would gladly give up a second for him. And there's just one thing I wanted to point out. It's two career paths that are kind of similar. And I just want to preface, I'm not saying the players are similar, but if you look at Jahan Dotson's first two years compared to Nico Collins's first two years, mm. I think Nico had two years with 480-ish yards and a couple touchdowns, and Jahan Dotson's had 500-something yards and a few touchdowns. So I'm not completely out on guys after two years. I do believe in that third year you know, finally when they hit their stride. So I'm with you. I think he will be the wide receiver too. And I'm kind of torn on how to take mental things because I'm going to talk about it with George Pickens next. I'm not – I got to be consistent with it, and I'm starting to think it's not a good thing. Mm-hmm. Like I know the talent's there, but that's something that's – I mean, maybe he'll mature as he gets older, but guys like DK Metcalf, that's like the biggest thing holding him back is him getting so frustrated and taking themselves out of the game. So – well, there's nothing I'm, holding Kyle Senra back. <laughs> Hi, Kyle. True. How you doing? Thanks for popping in and, and checking us out. All right. Yeah, so I'm just going to go ahead and jump right into George Pickens here. Uh, I'm not too far behind consensus, but this is the one person I said at the start that I just don't know what to do with because – there's a very valid case for pros and cons of George mm-hmm. Pickens. Mm-hmm. I have him ranked as wide receiver 31. He's at the end of that massive tier. Uh, KTC has him at 26 and fantasy calc at 30. So I'm right there with everybody else. And, you know, he he surpassed 1,000 a thousand yards this year. Touchdowns weren't as high as I expected him to be. But his yards per is like yards per reception is like 17, 18 yards. So that just kind of shows me that he's still just a boom-bust player. With, that doesn't have a good quarterback, doesn't have good rapport with his quarterback because he was targeted over 100 times and had only 60-something, 60, 60 I can't remember off 60-something receptions. So he's not catching a lot of his targets. He's slamming his helmet, deleting the team off of his social media. It's just not a good look, and I don't know how that's going to translate the rest of his career if he's going to stay there. And if he is, I just don't think Kenny Pickett or anybody else they go get because they have bad draft capital is going to be able to save his career. So I could see him getting 1,500 yards and 10 touchdowns, or I could see him being a good Gabe Davis. Mm. Yeah, so I just kind of have him in the middle. I've warmed up on him a little bit, you know, and I have, I have him at wide receiver 35 um, in that sort of tier with some volatile and, and uncertain guys. But everything you said is right. Like, you know, like what else – what else can you really say about like his attitude and, and what he's done? I, so here's the thing about that kind of stuff though. A, you know, a new offensive coordinator and some that, that will hopefully boost production just by the way that they do formations and motion and route and route combinations and things like that will go a long way to like, yeah. you know, you know, calm, calm down that, that stuff. Um, but it's not, it's not, not a thing, right? Like you said, you can't, you can't completely discount that. I just, you know, I just look at him as a volatile asset. That's kind of like, you know, if he's cheap enough, I'm in because the talent is there and he's going to have some good weeks. Um, but he's also just not, not steady. Even if the mental stuff wasn't there, I just, you know, I kind of see him in that, that mold that we've talked about with Watson earlier in that sort of, you know, volatile boom bust sort of thing. And, and and in a league that's increasingly, you know, not necessarily like doesn't need big men on the outside, but you know, their dominance over like which wide receivers work, right. Has certainly faded. Right. Uh, And uh, Jamie, 
saying hi, checking in. Always good to see you, Jamie. Thank you. Uh, yeah. So that's kind of. I, I mean, I don't know. Like, I'll get. I'll give you. Would you give? Would you give two seconds for Pickens? Probably not. Right. You probably want to no. get out of it with like a second, yeah. a third, and Ty Chandler or some shit like that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And there's one more thing. Like even big big guys on the outside, they're out there also to block. He not just the time with Jalen Warren. He's he just doesn't want to block for other teammates. He just wants the ball. He wants to catch the ball. And he's like, I don't want to get hurt like Tank Dell. But dude, you're like six four. Tank Dell's five nine, hundred and sixty pounds in on the goal line. Like well, just, this might be a good time to have a conversation though about like him versus Jahan Dotson. Jahan Dotson, steadier guy, much firmer floor benefits from ppr but ceiling wins championships right and so when you have a guy who's younger and has that ceiling it's like i you know i i have pickens reluctantly ranked ahead of deontay johnson see i have deontay johnson higher i have deontay johnson like 29 28 and pickens 35 so they're not far off but i also have dotson a little bit higher than so because i just think there's still room for his ceiling to grow. Yeah. So. All right. My next guy, we're going to go with a quarterback. Let's go with golden boy, Trevor Lawrence. Right. And we've talked a little bit about Trevor here and there on shows and just, you know, just when we're chopping it up, um, you know, obviously case for him one Oh one, you know, uh, best quarterback prospect since drew luck, you know, until Caleb Williams came along. Right. Uh, you know, and he has shown flashes, you know, if it, when you when you take out the Urban Meyer year and you gave him, you know, a competent coach, uh, he certainly did took a took a step up in year two. Year three's been weird, right? Um, although the with the addition of of Ridley, uh, we've we've seen him uh, struggle. We've seen him injured. Um, we've seen some of the numbers and the efficiency not very good. Uh, you know, I, I looked at some of the, the, the numbers in the fantasy points data suite before I got, uh, uh before we got here and like, he's doing, a, like, he's doing fine. Like he's, you know, it's, it's, it's the expectations versus the reality that I think is coloring people's valuations of him. Right. Like he was a middling quarterback uh, in, in most, most statistics. Right. But you don't want the quarterback 14, the quarterback 16 out of a guy who was 101 overall in the NFL draft that you spent the 101 in a rookie draft on and who you counted on to be your quarterback one uh, for uh, the season, right? Um, now, uh, you know, there was a, a tweet that made its way around a lot. Um, I think it was uh, Scott Barrett, you know, comparing uh, T-Law's first 42 starts to other some, some other quarterbacks. And I think it's unfair. I know, like – we don't do the like if you take out the blah blah blah, but really that Urban Meyer year, like, do you really count that? You know, and then so if you take that part out and look at his numbers, it's a lot better. You know, um, I think it's also, you know, I think been pointed out by people who who know ball, you know, a lot better than I do, um, that really the offensive scheme is is a little too vanilla and that the weapons really aren't that good. Now, on the flip side, if your quarterback needs a really good scheme and really good weapons to always be good, is he that good? That's also a question that you have to ask, right? Uh, we have bad O-line, like, uh, you know, among that vanilla offense as well. Uh, he he needs to check down more, right? Um, he's tall. He's like 6'6", and that's always going to be an issue with, like, with uh, footwork and striding when you throw and things like that. So, anyway... Uh, I have him still at quarterback nine in this big tier of quarterback five through 11. I think some people would be mad that I still have him in the same tier with a guy like Burrow or Stroud, because to me, it's like there's the big four. And then this five to 11 is that last group of guys that I'm comfortable being my quarterback one going into a dynasty fantasy football season. Um, so I'm not too far off consensus, but he has fallen to quarterback 11 uh, on KTC and 12 on fantasy Calc. And this is a guy that was floating around quarterback six seven eight um even when stroud was already in the league before stroud blew up um recent trades are uh t law and burrow for um two 2024 firsts like how are you i'm smashing the two quarterbacks like unless those yep. firsts are like you know 101 and 102 right like you know what i mean like, like why would you why would you even do that right uh, and then um, this is one's interesting. 
T-Law and Goff for Purdy in a third. I'm taking the T-Law side there. Um, you know, so his, his value is low, so I think there's an opportunity for a discount. Um, and then some other things to consider. Ridley's a free agent, and so they're going to need to probably add a, a weapon there, and really a weapon that where the skill set doesn't overlap as much with Christian Kirk as Ridley's did. Um, I think, you know, they have some draft capital at 17, 48, and 96 to, to help them out there, but they do need an offensive line as well. They have some cap room at 13 million or 9 million, depending on which figure you, you look at. So, like, I think there's a bull case for him, right? And, and, and the bear case for him. I think both have good points. I think, though, the latter, the negative case against him, is, I think, too colored by the gap between the 101 generational prospect and the results when, instead of just looking at like just the pure numbers and value and results and, and that sort of thing. And so, and so, yeah, as has he fallen from golden boy? Sure. Uh, am I still in, do I still think he's super talented? Do I, would I still be okay with him as my quarterback one going into dynasty fantasy football season? I think so. I think there are reasons to believe that, you know, they'll improve the offensive line and add a weapon. And I don't know why why somebody wouldn't be in on on Lawrence if that's going to be the cost. Yeah, I, I moved him down out right at number ten. I have him right ahead of Dak and Tua. Um, his age just I had him below Dak, but I was thinking about it. <coughs> Sorry, and I'd rather have the younger quarterback because I don't think he's been one hundred percent healthy this year. Mm-hmm. Like I think he's been dealing with some stuff, playing just to try and help his team win a playoff spot. So I'm hoping the off season, um, like getting healthy, he'll be even better next year. But I did move him to ten. Uh, trying to find the right tab ahead of him. I got Joe Burrow, Richardson, Fields, Lamar. So I'm pretty confident keeping those guys ahead of him for now. But yeah, I think that's a that's a good call. He's been. He's just moved from the middle to end of the first down to the beginning of the second round for me in startups. Yeah, I think I think for me personally in a super flex, I'm still taking ten quarterbacks before I take Justin Jefferson, and he's one of them. But like that's me because I'm an asshole, you know. So. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna keep it on uh, with the quarterbacks here. I'm gonna talk about Jalen Hurts. And this is someone that I've been seeing a little bit of wild talk from, talking about how he sucks all of a sudden. Uh, and, yeah, I, I still have him as my QB3. KTC had moved him down to QB5. I think people are just being a little too reactionary about this entire team falling apart. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. Howie – what's his last name? The GM. Roseman. Howie Roseman still seems to be on really good terms with Jalen. I don't think that he thinks that Jalen's a problem. They've literally got a man-child frat bro as their head coach. So I think there's just a lot of issues with that team, and I don't think it's his fault. And also watching him run, I don't think he's 100% healthy either. He just doesn't look like he's running as well as he did the year before, and I don't think he's old enough to just regress like that. So I think he's dealing with some stuff. I think they got to figure some things out with that team. His touchdown upside rushing is just too good. So I'm, even if Kelsey retires, I still like Jalen Hurts as a top-three quarterback. And I'm starting to get the vibe that some people don't. So just yeah. here to state my case for him. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I, you know, I, I think her, I think Tua, as much as he's flawed and is probably sort of like a system ish quarterback, right? Um, like he also, I think, is getting a little too dinged from like one cold weather game, right? The yeah. thing here, here's the thing about Hertz, right? And you mentioned his rushing TD upside, right? If you look at those TDs, right, and how many of them came, like, one yard away, right, and, like, from Tush Push, right, and if, like, half of those go away, you know, is there going to be passing that makes up for it? Um, They were just saying on the broadcast tonight how, um, you know, Lamar uh, is running less this year, right? We've heard other running quarterbacks talk about, running less right like the last year or two i think that gap between like the rushing quarterbacks which are my like big top four and the um you know the strouds burrows lawrence's kind of like i like i don't know that it's like at going to be as huge an advantage as the nfl favors 
the timing, accuracy, read the progressions quarterbacks. And as those coaching trees spread, right? I don't know that that gap is going to be is going to be as big. Um, do I do I still like uh, Hertz? Do I have him at uh, QB four? Yeah, sure, absolutely. I think you know I think that rushing that rushing part is is hard to hard to ignore. But is do I want to put? Let me put it to you this way: Those are the guys that I want to get out on early, right? Like as opposed to maybe some other guys. Do I think there's a significant gap between Jalen Hurts and his value and Trevor Lawrence and his value right now? I do. If in five years, Trevor Lawrence is a top five dynasty quarterback and Jalen Hurts is not, would I be shocked? No, I wouldn't, right? Because it's the play style. It's if he loses those rushing touchdowns and DeAndre Swift doesn't like have allergic to end zone and I get down at the one, two yard line, this like the same way he did with the lot. Like, I don't know. There's just, I think there's enough to worry about with Hertz that you put him towards the bottom of that rushing quarterback tier. And that if something presents to you, that's a really good price. I might get out from under him in the next year or so. Yeah. I'll, I'll push back on that just a little bit. I watching a lot of the games cause they're on TV a lot. Um, it's a lot of those are from the tush push. And I think Jason Kelsey is a big part of that given his agility and strength, but they also start manufacturing more runs for him within the 10 yard line. Like they do a lot more pulling the guard or center out and getting him out in the space. And I just don't ever see Jalen hurts take big hits. He's a really smart runner. He's not afraid to get down and he's not going to try and run and get extra yardage at, at the cost of getting hurt or fumbling the ball. So you know, Lamar and Fields, they'll always try and stretch the extra yards. I just – I think Hertz is a little bit smarter uh, running than that. Okay. That's fair. Um, and, like, as you said, he was dinged up this year. Like, yeah. it's – you know. Yeah, he, he was not running was as quick as he usually does. That was clear. Uh, all right. So, I'm pretty sure uh, – getting back to Lawrence, I have a trade in my inbox, right? Um I was watching Dynasty Theory live one one night and I was commenting to one of the hosts that I would drive the 105 to Utah if he would give me Trevor Lawrence because he was saying like, you know, that the 105 is worth more than Trevor Lawrence. Right. And so one of I'm in a league with a bunch of Dynasty Theory people from their community. And I was sent a trade that is, I believe, the 105 uh, and. No, it doesn't have a number. Uh, 105 and like a mid to late second, I think, for Trevor Lawrence. So, yeah, I have the 105. So it would be the 105 and like a mid to late second for Trevor Lawrence. Would you Would you send that 105? So you have the 105 and you'd be getting Lawrence? Yeah. I would do it without the second. I'd try and hang on to that second. I, I agree. I think if I did counter, it would be, you know, replacing the second with something less valuable. But like, to me, like, what what I told the person, and I think what I, is, I, I think a good idea for, for, for people to think about is like, right now, I think the 105 is going to be like whatever Malik Neighbors or Brock Bowers, right? Yeah. Like, just remember, go back and what you thought the first 12 picks in a rookie draft were going to look like in January the last few years and what it ended up looking like in – and just, you know, so again, for me, it's like one of those things where I'm going to go through my rookie process a little bit more, let the combine happen, that sort of thing, and have a little, think a little bit firmer idea of what that 105 is going to be before I kind of – you know, really, really make that decision. But the person did make it tough for me because I did say I would give the 105 for, for Trevor Lawrence. Because theoretically, that 105 is a wide receiver or tight end, right? Although a high-end one, one that could bust, but even if they're likely good, we're talking about like a, a young, very talented quarterback in a super flex. Like, yeah, you know, like... Uh, uh. Yeah, I, if you could do it just straight up, I would take the quarterback, but... 
I also learned kind of the hard way last year that picks just get more valuable the closer you get anyway. So it just makes yeah. sense to wait. Yeah. Where are we now? I think you're up. I just did Jalen Hurts. Right. Okay. Yeah. So I'm to uh, I'll do Josh Jacobs. Right. So one of the first shows that we did together, uh, I said put some respect on Josh Jacobs' name. He's 24, first rounder out of Alabama. Right. You know, and that was during the um, like, oh my gosh, he played in the Hall of Fame game. Right. And he went out and had a re- really really good season. Now this year, obviously, there's some drop off. Right. And I think, you know, the narrative against him is I think sound. Right. He's a running back. Right. He is aging. He's almost 26. Uh, and there's certainly a lot of uncertainty. He's a free agent. He's likely not going to be on the Raiders next year. Uh, and who knows where he's going to be. And running back is running back. And these days he could end up on a team being a being a, a, a pretty interesting and annoying timeshare with a receiving back. You know, what if what if the team that he signs with drafts? You know, I don't know Bucky Irving, right? And there's Josh Jacobs. You know, basically is is a is a two down downhill guy or whatever. That's how they try to use him, and they use Bucky Irving as a as a passing back. Like, what happens to Josh Jacobs' value? So I think there's there's a there's a case against him, and I think this is I think for me highlights the role that uncertainty plays in all this. We were talking at the top of the show about coaching, OC, free agency, right? That sort of thing. Like, what do you do, right? And obviously, the case against him too, also is like he's a running back and you try not to trade for running backs in like January. I get that, right? Um, But I think he's a good example of uncertainty. The case for him, I think one of the biggest cases for him, and again, this is one of those things, I think he mailed it in this year. I think he got mad at the team. I think the team was ass. Uh, I think, you know, he hated the, the coach and everything about the management and the way they treated him. And he was out the door, right? So I, I think he kind of mailed it in and played not to get hurt, you know, live to fight another day and get out of Las Vegas and get a get a contract somewhere else. Um, and I don't think that I would be as worried with that one as I would be with like a Dotson or a Pickens. Yeah. Right. Um, and so I don't know that there's ever really a case of like buying an RB at this time of the year, but his cost is probably low you know, relative to what he's been recently. Um, it's probably a discount. He'll probably likely have a good role no matter where he lands. Well, yeah. I mean, that's the case for him, right, is that he's good enough and young enough that he'll have some solid role. He's not going to turn into Dalvin Cook all of a sudden, right? I'm pretty high on him still. I think he's going to bounce back. I think I think relative to the dynasty running back landscape, like it's almost one of those like who else are you going to you know put above him kind of things. I don't think any of the rookies really are going to slot in, you know, very high, at least at least initially. Right. Um, so I still have him at eight and a tier of five to nine. Uh, the crowd doesn't like him as much. KTC is 15. Fantasy Calc is at 13. Um, traded straight up for Jaden Reed. Um, Jacobs in a 25 first for Diggs. Give me. Oh, oof. I think give me Jacobs in the first. This is yeah. an interesting one. This is the one I wanted to ask you about. I think it's a classic like contender buying a couple low, not old, low valued, not old, not old running backs while they can, and then a, I think a rebuilder grabbing talent and a pick. But it's uh, Jacobs and Ramondre on one side, and Rasheed Rice and a twenty-five first on the other. Like now, at first, I'm like. Give me rice in the first, right? And I get that. I probably still, you know, you know, probably fifty-one times out of a hundred at least, I'm gonna do that. But like, if if you if you think you're gonna be in the top like two three teams next year in your league, right? And you can get running backs who are you know below twenty six for that price. Two of them who have shown. You know they can they can produce in the NFL like I don't know am I am I crazy thinking a contender might do that? Yeah, I I just I'm a lot higher on Rasheed Rice. I was taking him early to middle second round last year in the drafts. So I think honestly a little bit of my bias and impartiality is showing with this. I would still rather have Rice if I'm trying to win, just because yeah. I think having the number one receiver in that offense and i think now that he's gained the trust and i don't see that anything changing i think he's going to be really valuable 
Uh, but I get it. Like if you're if you're a top one or two team and you only have like one good running back that you can throw out there, it does make sense. I just I would have tried to trade different players for yeah and, Rice. And I think in general, there's a good rule that like you know buy into running backs later in the off season. But if you were going to do that kind of deal, I don't think this is a terrible one. I think another another thing that that makes me think that he's going to have a pretty good role is that the 2024 running back class is like, I think people are a little too down on it, but like, it is pretty like flat. There's no like standouts. Um, there's solid guys. Like, like the gap between the, the, whoever the RB one is and the RB seven isn't as big as it was, you know, in, in previous years, but like that RB one isn't as good as it was in previous years. Uh, but anyway, uh, that class and the free agent class, aren't very impressive. And so I think there's going to be a spot for Jacobs. Um, Jamie thinks it's still going to be on the Raiders. I doubt it. I think that relationship is, is over, but um, so I think either way, he's a guy that is at this sort of uncertainty crossroads thing that I think I'm willing to, to, to take the, the optimistic side of. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't ranked 12th, so I'm a little bit lower, but not much. If, if he stays with the Raiders, it'll just be because of Antonio Pierce. Because once Pierce took over, they started funneling the ball through him. Yeah. But I think at that point, he was just kind of, like you said, checked out for the year. So if he, either way, I don't think he's going to drop. If he's with the Raiders, he'll get a lot of touches. If he goes somewhere else, I think he's going to be one of the main guys. I don't see someone going out and getting him just to put him in like a 1A, 1B committee. Mm-hmm. All right, so I'm on the last one. I'm going to talk about another running back. Uh, and this one's Damian Pierce. This is another one where I'm trusting my process and even trusting the film and the data this year. I still have him ranked as running back 35. Uh, KTC has met 45, Fantasy Calc at 47, so I'm above market still. And just watching him play, I, I still think the ability is there for him to run missed tackles. He forced is like 0.27 missed tackles per attempt is right in line with B. John Brees and James Connor. So I don't think he's a bad runner. I don't think he's just getting hit and going down. The blocking was terrible. Pierce only had, he didn't even get a half yard before he was getting hit by contact this year. Singletary's is higher. So I don't know if that's just, they got their run game going a little later on in the year once Pierce got hurt and got faded, but he did not have good blocking. Uh, He's not great at zone schemes, but he's also not as bad as I thought he would be. The different the difference between him and Singletary, it's not as bad as I thought. So I still think he's got plenty of ability to learn zone blocking and be able to make reads quicker. And I really don't know the path moving forward, but I think there are enough teams that need running backs to where he'll be he'll be at least like running back thirty and be useful in bye weeks and stuff. So All right, before I hop in, I'll just say hi to uh Toronto Dave, always good to see you uh, in the chat. Thanks for saying hi. Uh, yeah, so this was the one on the show sheet where I was like, really? This is a tough one? Okay, I, I, like, let me hear. And, like, I, I get where you're coming from. I think I what, what discouraged me about it was towards the end of the year, the quotes from, I guess, the coach or Slowick or whatever, like, were, like, almost thinly veiled, like, yeah, he doesn't really fit our team. I don't know what to do with him, you know? <laughs> and the fact that he's still on his rookie contract and is kind of ostensibly trapped there because why would you give up a cheap running back? You know, just he's a body, right? He's a cheap body. Uh, you know, uh, no reason to cut him or trade him or anything like that just because he's not great for a zone scheme. If anything, they bring in another zone guy and, you know, he's even lower, like, he, he worries me. He's a guy that worries me. But I think this might be, again, <clears throat> colored by my priors. Because going into uh, his rookie season, he was like my running back, I don't know, like nine, I think. Uh, um, and I, I gave shout-outs to folks who, who were in on Pierce as like one of their top three running backs because he did have a solid rookie season. Got hurt a little bit towards the end. But, excuse me, he, he worries me, right? He's, he's a, you know... Not the day three running back is the curse that it used to be, but he's a day three running back in a new regime that, you know, he doesn't fit the scheme. I just don't see a path for him to improve enough on his acquisition cost for me to be all that 
all that into it. Um, I'd love to be wrong, but yeah, I, uh, I have him at 51. So I think I'm a little, so, you know. he ran a, he actually ran a kickoff return for a touchdown showing speed and explosive. I'm not, I don't know if Sloak's going to be there next year. I think he's going to, I think he's going to get another coaching opportunity. And I think looking at this roster, even if they go get a rookie running back, I don't see why someone would come in and just force his own system in there. I don't see why you would want Singletary as your number one running back. So I'm maybe I'm just being hopelessly optimistic that slow it goes on somewhere else, hopefully the Falcons. And, you know, they get – Oh, so- no, you're getting Billy Boy down there. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I, which I was going to I was gonna touch on that at the very end. I'm not too happy about that, if I'm being honest. But I'm just hoping that Slowick gets an upgrade in his coaching position and they bring someone in who's not so zone-reliant. So. Okay. All right. No, that's fair because he probably will get, get a heck – like he'll probably have a job to pick from. Whether he picks yeah. it is, you know, another story, but I think he'll have exactly. a job, job to pick. Um, but, yeah. When I saw like, oh, Bill Belichick's second interview, I was like, God damn it. Because all I've ever wanted for the Falcons and for you is like an off- an offensive innovator to go in there with, a, with a, you know, with Justin Fields or whoever and Drake London and Pitts and Bijan and have a ball, you know. And, and not, now it's like yep. the boomer of all boomers is going to be the coach. <laughs> you know, we got Arthur Smith. Now we're getting Bill Belichick. Great. You know. Also, Jim Harbaugh has been touted around as interviewing. I don't want either one of them. I've I've watched Michigan play offense. It's, I, think, I, want, I want Ben Johnson or Sloak. I want a young head coach that's offensive-minded. Do you think they're, they're smart enough to hire, for, like, for lack of a better phrase, the next Sloak Ben Johnson as an OC if they got the head coaching job there? Like, has uh, Bill learned enough that he doesn't know enough about this and the game has passed him by and he needs to adjust? And, like, is he promising Arthur or whatever the blank blank or whatever? You know, is he saying, like, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll hire, you know, uh, 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 I'll run the defense, but, yeah, uh, you know, we're going to get some offensive juice in there. Like, do you trust Bill Belichick to hire a good offensive coordinator? No, he, he hired Matt Patricia as our offensive coordinator one year. Absolutely not. Like, I – I just think he's stubborn. He just comes across that way. I could be wrong. Maybe he's going to have a resurgence, but I just – I have no faith in him. I don't want to see the next Gronkowski and Aaron Hernandez duo in Atlanta. Like, I don't want to see that. I just want it to be Pitts, London, and Bijan, and that's it. Yeah, I, you know, Dave here pushing some buttons with the uh, with the John new stuff, which is interesting. He's not because, wrong. Which he's is not the, wrong. I know, right? But it's – but which is interesting because John, who just, just played for Belichick before coming to – Coming to to Atlanta, so yeah. All right, my last guy is Waddle, Jalen Waddle. He's really interesting to me. He's a guy I liked coming out of school. I liked him more than some other guys who some folks had ahead of him. I think we saw in the rookie year really good numbers and what he can do. We saw that since Tyreek is there, he's understandably taking a back seat, right? Um. I think because of the draft capital and the talent, I kind of was fading the haters a little bit, you know, this idea that, oh, you know, Waddle is just part of that, like, you know, tier of a million wide receiver twos and, and all that. And, you know, that, you know, I was defending him that, yeah, yeah, he probably should be the wide receiver six or seven in Dynasty. Like, is he maybe drafted a little too early in startup? Sure, but he probably should be the wide receiver six or seven. And, you know, uh, yeah, we've had a little bit, a bit of trouble since since Tyreek has been there. Um, now, the good thing is Tyreek is aging and has said he's going to retire, right? And so Tyreek is older than, like, A.J. Brown is, right? So there's a, there's a reason to maybe like Waddle more than, say, you like Devonta Smith, right? Still had electric flashes this year. Um, but here's the problem with him, right? Not only the overall results um, – and sort of the like um, the idea that he kind of came back to the earth when it comes to efficiency, but he's always dinged up. Like when you watch a game with Jalen Waddle, he's in the medical tent every three plays. He's doing something, tweaking an ankle or a knee or a foot or I like he's always getting dinged up. 
you know, and you never want to call a player injury prone or whatever, but like, you know, when that happens, there's certainly cause for concern. The question is, has he slipped enough to become a buy, right? Is the cost still worth it, right? When you have guys that you can re-roll on, like Xavier Worthy, Troy Franklin, Brian Thomas, right, coming in, in the rookie class, would you give up, right, like the draft pick that would probably pick one of those guys to get Waddle? I don't know. That like I'm not I'm not so sure, right? So I have him ranked now down at 14, and I loved him. I had him at like you know six, seven for the longest time. I'm at 14 in that tier of 10 to 19. I'm a little closer to consensus on this one than some of the others. KTC is 13. Fantasy Calc is 11. He gone. He has gone straight up for Tyreek, which I found interesting. I put in there there in the show sheet, sort of an age thing, right? Probably like contender versus team that didn't need the old guy. Uh, Waddle and Elijah Moore for Aaron Jones and T Higgins, which is interesting. Like as much as I like Waddle, I think Aaron Jones is going to be sneaky good next year. Um, and also like T Higgins could be like a wide receiver one somewhere else. Whereas Elijah Moore, I think there's a lot more reason to doubt his floor. So I'm probably taking the Jones and Higgins side on that one. Uh, Waddle and Gibbs for Purdy and Eckler. Like I'm smashing Waddle and Gibbs on that one. Um, Waddle, Alave and Ridley for Justin Jefferson in the fourth. What do you think about that one? The three receivers for the one Waddle, Alave and Ridley for Justin Jefferson and a fourth. It's kind of like you said, tearing down when we were talking about Jamar Chase. I think I'm going to take Justin Jefferson in that one. I've just never seen a wide receiver play like that since Calvin Johnson. So, I mean, I don't have any shares of Justin Jefferson. It just – when I'm picking fourth or fifth, I'm taking a quarterback. Yeah. When I'm picking 10th or 11th, he's always gone. So, it's just yeah. – I don't have any shares. I really want one, so I would give that up to get him. Because there's question marks with Alave as well as Waddle. So, yeah, give me Justin now, Jefferson. I, I, yeah, I think I think you brought up a point that, like – one thing I wanted to touch on early in the show is there's a million guys that we could have listed, right? Like Alave off the top of my head is one of them, right? Like he's a good guy for this show, but like, is he really for real? Right. Or, you know, that sort of thing. And, and like, you know, should he really be ranked up there with guys like Amon Rossi Brown and Garrett Wilson and Puka, right? I think that's a legit conversation to have. Um, so yeah, so I, I would, I would, I would, I would take Jefferson uh, there. I think, you know, uh, we think Tyreek is retiring soon. The team will probably add a pass catcher, uh, but probably not a big one, right? Like they've got O-line needs, you know? So I don't think they're going to add anybody that kind of really threatens the targets of either Tyreek or Waddle enough. They are negative in cap space by around $50 million, which influences it. And also the free agent class and wide receivers isn't very good either. Um, like, I don't think like, like T Higgins, for example, is going to end up in in Miami. Right. So, you know, like, you know, nobody, everybody's always a buy and a sell, right. Depending on context and price. But I think Waddle's a guy that while I do recognize that I have dropped him for good reason, I think, I mean, there's a reason to maybe be in at cost with the expectation that it's going to, that his value will, will rise. Yeah, that that's what it's going to be because he played 14 games this year and just barely cleared a thousand yards. Which 14 games isn't that bad, but you do want a little more than a thousand yards and three or four touchdowns with where you're drafting him. And just you know who I'd like to see in Miami? I don't is Curtis Samuel, someone like that. I think would be another good fit, mm. Lockett. But I think that would just hurt their cap space because I'm pretty sure Lockett's still going to require a little bit of a bigger contract, but. I think someone like Curtis Samuel would be fun. Yeah, but like at 21, pick they have pick 21 and 55. Pick 85 has been forfeited as part of that nonsense that they did. So like I don't I don't see them spending either of those picks on a wide receiver, but no. Yeah. Uh all right, is that it? That's our that's the last yep. of our all right. Time to land the plane on this sucker. Uh hopefully we we weren't too uh, rusty in the first time back uh, live in a while. Please subscribe, rate, and review on the Going For Two live podcast feed. Uh, please make sure here on the visuals that you subscribe, like, turn on notifications, etc. Time for plugs. Josh, where can we find you and your work? 
Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Rotonaut, R-O-T-O-N-A-U-T. Uh, I'm just now going through and redoing my dynasty rankings. I'll officially do them once the season ends, post those for the offseason up until rookie stuff, and hopefully get some rookie profiles out. I did a little blurb on uh, Troy Franklin with a collab article on gopher2.com. You can find that on the website. Uh, yeah, that's where my rankings are as well. All right. Just want to say same to you, Jamie. Good to see you. It's good to be back, and and you enjoy the rest of your weekend too. You can find me at ffjunkie underscore on Twitter. Uh, rankings on goingfor2.com. Uh, probably will be writing a few rookie profiles this year uh, uh, for for the website. Uh, as is, uh, you know, tis the season. Uh, we're going to definitely, obviously, be doing more more rookie stuff in, in the next uh, coming uh, month or so. Um, you can find me also uh, on Dynasty Fever at Dynasty Fever Pod on Twitter that I do with Jesse Schneeman from DWZ. Uh, he took uh, January off from podcasting, which I think was a great idea. Uh, and so we're going to get back together soon. I was thinking maybe I would pump out an episode or two with a guest, but hey, man, life gets lifey and, uh, and, and here we are. Please make sure that you check out goingfor2.com. On the bottom right, there's a little purple thing that links to our Discord, which is free. There's a million channels, every every fantasy football topic possible, people discussing trades all the time and getting advice. Uh, this show has our own channel. You can post updates on, on the show. Also, Going For Two has um, <clears throat> uh, pretty much a podcast, a live show, for just about every day or night uh, of the week here on this YouTube channel, if you're watching, and the other places that we stream as well. <sighs> we did it. We're back live. Yeah. Uh, that's a wrap. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Go Irish. Aldrich SMA RB1. Hey!